Uh, today, I have an exciting um, topic that I want to talk about today. And I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't bring my kids' lunchbox up for the kids' time, but I did bring it up for our time because there is something in that box that if I get through my whole message and I forget, please somebody remind me because I'll get into this and then I'll forget that I brought this box up here. So there's something in the box I want to show you. And, uh, but, but we have to wait till the end. Hopefully that's a good teaser for you. And you're like, what is in that box? Anyway, so if you have your Bibles, you can look in Luke chapter 7 you have your Bibles, you can open it up, and you can even look in the table of contents. That is okay. We do that here. You know, that's how we roll. Look at the first couple pages, find your table of contents in your Bible, and look for the book of Luke. We're going to look at chapter 7, Luke chapter 7. If you didn't bring your Bible, don't worry. It's all good. We have everything that comes up on the big screens. You can follow along, but if you want to find it in your Bible, I want to encourage you to do that, Luke chapter 7. And so, you guys, I, I, um, before we jump into the message, I wanted to, to, to share a little story because I still remember, I, I'm still in my, um, I'm still in our early parenting, I feel like we're still in our early parenting season. Uh, I have, my youngest is Esteban, and he turns three a week from today, and so yeah, he's two, so I still feel like my, you know, having babies still in the early years, I still remember that. It's very fresh, very fresh for me. And I, I was thinking about that this week because I was thinking about um, everything we have to do <laughs> to get ready to leave the house. And I just thought about what an amazing mission that is for us. If, if you would have ever stood out in front of our place where we live and just watched us and the number of trips, you know, you have for both, we had both babies, right? So Abdelito is, is four, he's going to turn five in a couple months. But, but when they were both in their, in their car seats, we would, you know, as we got ready to leave, we would grab the car seats from the car, put them in the house, grab the kids, the babies, put them in the car seats, right? And then you have to, you know, grab the toy and put it in the car seat because if you don't give them the toy, then screaming starts breaking loose and that's joyful, right? <laughs> Joyful screaming. So you got to keep them quiet. So you give them the toy and then you got to grab the diaper bag and you got to make sure the diaper bag is, is stocked, right? With all the diapers and the bottles and the passies and the, oh my goodness, and, and the more diapers and the change of clothes because if something happens and you have an explosion, right? And it crawls up the back and in the back of the hair. It's gross. It's gross talking about it. It's gross walking through that, and uh, it's even grosser walking through that, but you got to make sure that you get all that stuff together, right? So the diaper bags is, oh, and you can't forget the, the, the soiled bag that you put the dirty diaper in, because if you do, then that's embarrassing, because you don't know what to do with this stuff, right? So you got to bring that bag and put the, and make sure that's stacked, and, and then the wipies. You cannot forget the wipies. God help you if you forget the way. You can forget everything else, but you can't, you can make it go with just the white. You can't forget the wipies, right? So you got to make sure you get the wipies. And then after you get that diaper bag, then you got to bring it in. And then you, after you bring the diaper bag in, you got to bring all the other stuff in just to make sure that they're entertained while they're, not that one toy does it, right? So you got to, and you got to bring food and holy smokes. So it, I was just, you know, thinking about if somebody was ever standing in front of our place and just watching us do all the trips back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, I was thinking about that when I've done that on my own. And, and uh, I, I was thinking if somebody came up to me and just asked me, like, 
you know, thinking, you know, where are you going? Are you going like on a long trip? And I'm like, no, I'm just going down the street to the grocery store, you know? And you have so much stuff in your car, you know, do your groceries even fit in your car? Because your car is packed, and, you know, it's, that's how it is usually. And I, 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 I've learned this um, through failing that uh, even after you get all that stuff, there's always one or two things you can't forget that are like super important. The babies, right? You're, you're in the car and you're like, M Marie and I have this running joke, at least I say it's a running joke. I have this personality that if you don't laugh at my joke, I keep telling it to you <laughs> until you laugh or react some way. So it's my ornery thing side of me. And so we have this running joke, Marie and I, uh, where she'll ask, well, it's not really a joke, she'll ask, really ask, where's Esteban? And I always go, who? You know, and she never thinks that's funny. I think it's funny, but she, <laughs> she never thinks that's funny. And she has that look on her face like, you don't not want me to respond to you because if I respond, I might give you my, you know, Miami one finger salute that we do here when people <laughs> cut you off in traffic, right? You, you, you don't want that response for because, you know, she, she, she's, she's Panamanian and Puerto Rican. And not that she's ever said this to me, but I can just hear her in my mind saying, you're getting on my last Panarican nerve, you know? <laughs> you know, I can hear her every time I, who, who are you talking to? Who, Esteban, who, you know? She's, she doesn't think that's funny, but, but, but I just remember out of failing how many times, can't forget, almost forgot, we were about to get in the car, we're about to leave, almost forgot the most prized possession that we have. And that's our babies. And it made me think this week as we were getting ready, as I was getting ready for this talk, about how many times do we work so hard to prepare and get things ready and do this and do that and we're running around that sometimes we forget our most prized possession, Jesus. We leave Jesus in the house and we're getting ready to leave. And he's still back there. We get caught up sometimes with, you know, technology. If I just had the right iPhone, then all my life would be in order. It would be so organized. I wouldn't have, you know, that would be my planner, my phone, my everything. I could pay my bills on this thing. I can, you know, it could turn the AC on for me in my car. I mean, if I just had the right iPhone, it could do so much for me. We just, sometimes we get so caught up in some of these things. Even sometimes we get caught up in, like, the hand of God that we forget the face of God. We forget just to look for Jesus, for who he is. And so the title of my talk today is, I Dare You. I Dare You. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, I Dare You. I Dare You. I Dare You. I believe that God is, is calling us as, as we've been in this transition here of different pastors and uh, here in, in our church, we've been, you know, this, it's a big transition. And, and, and what we're doing is we're going to a different place, y'all. We're going to some places, you know, I don't know, how do they say it in Star Trek for you Trekkie fans, you know? You, you know uh, no man, what, what was it, Laurie? No man has ever gone. We're going some places that our Doral Vineyard has never gone before. Do you dare go there? That's the question. I want to dare you today to do that. 
So how are we going to do that today? How, how, how are you going to take this dare? Because I want to dare you to do that today. I, I want us to be a, Doral vi a daring Doral vineyard. I dare you to go to where God is calling us to do. I, I, I want to share with you three things. Three things. Can everybody say three? Three things that I believe God is trying to teach us. That I believe if we're going to take that dare, there's three things we got to do. Three things we got gots to do. Three things. So the very first thing we got to do is, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you want to be, if you want to take this dare, if you want to be a daring Doral Vineyard, the first thing is we got to be willing to walk with Jesus. Got to be willing to walk with Jesus. That's your first one. Walk with Jesus. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 11. Luke, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says this. He said, soon afterward. Now, when I'm studying the Bible, and I see this phrase, soon afterward, and I'm like taking my time, I have to ask myself the logical question, soon after what? I, I see that here in the scripture, soon afterward, but soon after what? What just happened that the writer of this book is saying soon afterward? So let's look at what happened. Why did Luke, the author of this book, named after himself, not that he had a pride issue or anything like that, he just called that name of <laughs> the book Luke, all right? But soon after what? Well, let's, let's talk about that real briefly. In Luke chapter 1, what's happening? It's, it's all the things, all the events the writer, Luke, is talking about all these events that are leading up to, to Jesus. What are the events that are happening that are going to lead up to Jesus? That's Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 2 talks about, um, talks about the birth of Jesus and talks about not only his birth, but, but his, his calling. Like, where is he going? Luke chapter 2 talks about um, his childhood, all right? Chapter 3 introduces John the Baptist and his genealogy. So one is about all the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. Two is about his birth and his childhood. Chapter three is, is introduces John the Baptist and the genealogy. Where does Jesus come from? The genealogy. Chapter four and five, it picks up the ministry of Jesus. He starts his ministry in chapters four and five. And he goes to the desert in chapter four and five. And, and he stays there and he comes back and he starts doing some pretty amazing miracles. Right? He heals a leper guy. And then he heals this paralyzed person. And then in Luke chapter 6, somebody asks him some questions, and he goes off in this amazing teaching that you've never heard in your life. It's amazing. He goes off into this discourse where he just starts breaking things down, and it's amazing, Luke chapter 6. And then in Luke chapter 7, the beginning part of it, there's this guy that goes up to Jesus, and he asks him to heal his servant. And, and, and Jesus says, all right, let's go. And, and the guy says, no, 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 we don't even have to go. All you have to do is what? Just say the just say the word. If you just say the word, my servant will be healed. And, and, and Jesus is like taken back by that. And he's like, I haven't found this much faith in all of Israel. This is unbelievable. I'll just say the word and he'll be healed. And so he does that. And so we pick up the story. Now we know what soon afterward means. You see, we need a little bit of a backdrop to understand where we're going. So Luke chapter 7, verse 11, soon afterward, soon afterward. Here we go. We keep reading verse 11. Jesus went to a town called Nain. Nain. What is Nain? Nain is this itty-bitty little town. It's Hebrew for charming. It's this little charming town called Nain. It's if you blink, you passed it. Not even a red light in this city, y'all. In this town, it's so small. It's so small. There's not even a stop sign, all right? It's a very itty-bitty little town called Nain. 
And, and Jesus goes to this town. And the scripture says that the disciples were with him. And not only were the disciples were with him, but a large crowd went along with him. Now, I don't know about you, but I started thinking about this large crowd that went with him, a crowd that was following Jesus and his disciples. And Luke relates this story, and he says that the disciples were going, but this large crowd was with them. And so I was thinking about this large crowd and what, what was going on in the feelings of this large crowd. Because this large crowd that had been uh, amassing as they were getting together with Jesus, they started to witness some pretty amazing things that Jesus was doing. Some of the things that he was saying, they were like, What? I can't believe he's saying this stuff. I've never heard this kind of stuff. Before. Then some of the things that he was doing, you know, I, I imagine if, 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 if Jesus was in Miami and the crowd was with him here, you know, Wancho, man, can you believe what, what, they, what he did with Wancho, man? Remember Wancho the leper, man? He was a leper and, and, and he, he wanted to go to the party and he had these like nachos and salsa that he wanted to bring and every time he would grab his chips and dip it in the salsa, his finger would like stay in the sauce and it was really gross. But then, then Jesus comes along and he, he touches Wancho and all of a sudden, Wancho is healed, and his finger is not stuck in the salsa anymore, and, and now we can share the salsa, and it's actually pretty good. Or, or you remember what he did to Bob? Remember, what about Bob? Well, Bob was paralyzed. Bob was paralyzed, and he couldn't walk, and all of a sudden, Jesus just speaks to him, and he, he's not paralyzed anymore. Man, trust me. This is, this is what we say in Miami. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just If you're new to Miami, you're going to hear this a lot. Just try, it was the most amazing thing you've ever, I, and the things that are coming out of his mouth are so amazing. I can't believe so. So, wow, this is, so this, this crowd you guys there's this 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 excitement in this crowd like 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 anticipation like like what is he gonna do next he's been he healed a leper he healed a paralyzed man what's coming out of his mouth is man, what is he gonna do next there's this this sense of excitement this sense of thrill this sense of hopeful expectation like jesus is here the this rabbi this prophet god is among us you guys God is among us. What is he going to do next? What is he up to? I want to know what Jesus is up to. I can't believe all the things that he's doing. I want to see what he's doing. You know, and, and my prayer is that that would be us here at the Doral Vineyard, you guys. That there would just be this sense of thrill and expectation about what is God up. Man, I know what he did last Sunday. He was here. He showed up. Uh, Pastor Lewis was talking about how, you know, today there was like this open heaven that just opened up for us today. And I thought, yeah, that's awesome. God is here. He's, so, so let's, I can't wait to go. I, I would pray that that's, what, that's what's going on in our Doral Vineyard, that we would just have this sense of thrill. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do this Sunday. You know, I, I just want to see if, there, if we would be a daring church to say, you know what, I'm going to dare to come to church because I'm excited and, and, and looking forward to see this hopeful expert. What miracle is he going to show up and do among us? What is he up to? What, like what we say here at the Vineyard, you know, what is the Father doing? What is he doing? What is he doing that, that, that we can jump in on, that crowd? I, I just want to dare us to walk with Jesus. I want to dare you to come to church 10 minutes early because you're so excited about what God is going to do. You're like, I, I pray that we get speeding tickets to get to church on Sunday morning, you know. I can't wait to get to church because there's something amazing that's going to happen. I want to wait outside until they open the door because I know God is going to be there and I can't wait to meet with him. I just dare you. This morning, I dare you to walk with Jesus, to, to be this that God is calling us to do. So, so number one is to walk.
walk with Jesus. If you're going to take this dare, you got to dare to walk with Jesus. And so let's continue reading in verse 2 uh, here. I'm sorry, verse 12. As, he, as he's approaching the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Did you guys get that? The only son of his mother, and just to nail the coffin harder, right? Just to, and she was a widow. And look at this a large crowd from the town was with her. Now I want you to see this because I never really saw this before in the scripture. But as I kept reading through it over and over again this week, uh, there was a large crowd following Jesus and there was a large crowd following the widow. So there was this crowd with Jesus that was this this vibe of excitement and thrill and, and anticipation and hopeful expectation and just this procession of life going on here with Jesus. And then you have this crowd here, this procession of, of death, this, this crowd that was frustrated, right? A crowd where the vibe is saying, oh, God, but how could you? This lady was like, this was her only son, I mean, you already took her father, I mean, her husband. Now you're going to take her son too? Man, I, you, maybe you're a part of that crowd today. And you're saying, but God, I don't understand. I prayed for that son. I was like asking God to heal that son, and he didn't get healed. And, and, and if anything, he got worse, and he died. I don't understand. There's this crowd over here that is also in this story, and this crowd is full of rejection as well of all the prayers that they didn't get answered, of all the hurt and the times where they felt like God let them down. So there's this crowd over here that's feeling this sense of, of, of rejection, rejection and confusion and hurt and being misunderstood and, and being passed up and saying, you know, God, I've been single for so long and you've forgotten me, God. And, and I've been working so diligently in this job and I keep getting passed up and other people around me get the promotion and I never get, God, what about, what about me, God? So there's this other crowd over here that is going through all this turmoil. And there's this other crowd over there. And, and if the people in this crowd would simply lift up their heads and see who is coming towards them, they would see that Jesus, Jesus is actually coming towards them, but they're so focused on this procession of death, and they're beating their chest, and they're saying, oh man, we can't believe this has happened to us. We can't believe this has happened to this widow, and, and we can't believe that this is going on today. I know there's people here today. I know there's people listening right now that you don't have a sense of anticipation in your life of excitement, of hopeful expectation, of thrill. You have some confusion, hurt, betrayal, but God didn't do this. He said he, said he keeps his promises, but he got sick anyway. He didn't do this. I don't understand. Some people today, maybe even here today, we need to get out of this frustration funk, if you will, this, this funk that we're in. 
And I, I hope you understand my word. Sometimes my accent is not very good looking. I'm not trying to say a bad word. <laughs> Funk, F-U-N-K. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying. So we're in this frustration. And I just want to encourage us to lift up our heads and see that Jesus is on his way towards us. That even though we might not feel like our prayers are being answered and we may not feel like, like we've been, we may feel like we've been passed up and we may feel like we've been misunderstood, if we would just lift up our eyes and see that Jesus is on his way towards us. He's coming. He's on his way towards us. So number one is if we're going to be a daring Doral Vineyard, if you're going to take this dare, what do you got to do? It starts with a W. You got to what? Ooh. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. When I point to you, that means you guys talk, all right? All right, if you're going to be a daring Doral Vineyard, if you're going to take this dare, then you got to do number one is what? Well, all right, you got to walk with Jesus. Number two is if you're going to be dare, you're going to take this dare. If you're going you're gonna to dare to walk with Jesus, number two is you got to listen to Jesus. I dare you, I dare you to listen to Jesus. Daring to listen to what he says. I don't know about you, but I tend to be a little bit of a selfish person. And I am especially selfish when it comes to sleep. <laughs> I love my sleep. And so when our babies were born, the first one especially, you guys have heard this, heard me talk a little bit about our babies, but uh, I still do this even with the second one. You know, Marie started, uh, the baby was born, Marie was breastfeeding, right? And, and the baby would cry in the middle of the night or an hour into sleeping. And I would wake up because you would hear the baby crying. And I'm like, oh, man, that baby's crying. Thank God I don't have to breast. I'm so sorry for you, babe. Go breastfeed that baby, you know? <laughs> and I just roll over, and I just keep sleeping, you know? And that happened for a long time. And then after some years, you know, the babies kept growing, and, and Marie, you know, stopped breastfeeding, although I, I tried to convince her that wasn't a good idea, you know? I was like, babe, do you realize most of the world, they breastfeed till like 22, 23? <laughs> like, should keep that going, you know? Why stop, you know? Um, but she stopped, and so now guess who um, shares in, the babies still wake up in the middle of the night, and guess who is still, I know all the women are my, in the house are saying, what a selfish, you know? <laughs> now I get to share in all that sleep. And I don't know if God was just saying, Abdi, I want you to have a sermon illustration this week, or I don't know how many sermon illustrations, but they woke up many times this week, both of them, and they don't, are not breastfeeding, but whatever, they still got up many times. One of them, Esteban, the one that's about to turn three, woke up three times one night this week, Tuesday night. And um, the first time he woke up, he was screaming bloody murder, right? It woke Marie and I both, we both jumped up, right? And I don't know if you've, I'm sure you have, like you get scared when you get woken up. It's just you start running, you're like, wait, what do we do, you know? So we grabbed the baby, and, and since we were both up, we decided to tag team the baby changes. He's, we're still potty training, you know, so we grab the baby, and, and um, you know, I have my flashlight on my phone on, and I'm like, have one eye open, because, you know, it's one of those feelings you, where you're, like, still sleepy enough, where you're like, if you can just do this really quick, you can go back to bed, and it's, just, it's like it's never happened, you know what I mean, right? So, like, we're doing that. We're tag-teaming it together, and we finally, we get done, and we go lay down in bed, and happy place, you know, you're there, and then 
Five minutes later, he's screaming again, and you're like, ah! So I got up, went to him, and, and I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, you know, sorry, but pee-pee, pee-pee, right? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I just changed your diaper. Use it, you know? And he's like, no puedo, no puedo, I can't, I can't, because we're trying to potty train him, you know? So we're teaching him not to go in the diaper, and I'm like, oh, so I grab him and take his diaper off, put him on the pot, you know, on the toilet, and and uh, he's there, and he does his thing, and then after he's done, I put the diaper back on him, and I can see some of your faces looking at me like, ew, you put that same diaper <laughs> back on? You guys, I turned it inside out, and I put it back on. <laughs> Why waste a diaper? Those th- you know, we're waste, we're, we're, it's like we're saving the, the earth, Let's, and money as well, of course, but anyway, we just put the diaper back on him, and, and put him back down, and and so I go to lay down, go back to lay down, and that was it, y'all. You know that one eye, that was not the case the second time. It was like, I can't even, I can't even sleep now. Now I'm like wide awake. So I, I'm upset, right, because um, I can't sleep. So I start praying, and I'm praying for you, all of you here today. Maybe that's what happened, um, but I don't know. Um, so praying for all of you, and uh and then I'm praying for today, I'm praying for the service, I'm praying for us as a church, praying for uh, our fast, praying for tomorrow's day of fasting, and praying for all this stuff, and finally my list finished, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do now, so I'm starting to get more upset because I can't fall asleep, and an hour goes by, and, and, and then he screams again, a third time, and I get up, and I'm like, smoke is coming out of my ears, right? I mean, I'm just fuming. And I get up, and I'm like, what? You know? I'm like, what do you want? And he's like, you know, I can't sleep. I don't know. He's saying something. Baby talk, right? You're trying to figure it out still. I'm like, it's not morning yet. We still, Hurricane Matthew, we still have our shutters. I don't know if anybody else does. We still have our shutters up, thank God, (laughs) on the second floor. And so I'm like, it's not daylight yet. Go back to sleep. Thank God for hurricane shutters. So I'm like, yeah, it's not daylight. Go back to sleep. Somehow convinced him to go back to sleep. And so I'm going back to my bed. And, you know, I'm upset, but it's like, what can you say to your little kid, right? You can't say, like, your mama, right? Because that's my wife. I'm not going to say that to her, right? So uh, to him, I'm not going to say that to him. So I'm just, like, fuming. But I, I felt like in my heart, like, like God was just saying, you know, Abdi, you're bigger than this. And, and I just felt like this grace was there. And, you know, I think sometimes God's grace, you know, sometimes we make it cheap. You know, we, 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 we think that God's grace is there only to save us, and that's it. And then all of our other faults, you just got to put up with us. All my, my other quirks and, and character flaws, you just got to deal with it. That's just how I, God made me this way. But that's not true. God's grace is on us to save us, but then it's, it's on us to transform us. Every single day, God's grace is deeper and it goes higher. Every single day, it's in us to transform us and make us into the people that God has created. We are not supposed to be the same people we were yesterday. If we accept God's grace in our lives, he transforms our attitudes, our 
cuss words. <laughs> he transforms our, our anger, does he not? He transforms our selfishness into generosity. And all of a sudden now, we become generous people. And we say, you know what, babe, I got this. I'll take the baby. I'll take every time he wakes up. Not yet. God's still working on it. Pray for me. I'm almost there. But let's go back to verse 14. Verse 14 says this. Then he went up and he touched the coffin. He went up and he touched the coffin. And those carrying it stood still. He went up and he touched the coffin, and the people that were carrying the coffin stood still. Tell you why that happened. Because the guy who touched the coffin is Jesus, Rabbi. He's this, this, this teacher of high standing, and, and in those days, anything that you weren't allowed to touch anything that was dead because it would make you impure. And I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, we, we talked about how, you know, if you touch something, it could make you impure. And I, I showed you guys a picture of a Hasidic Jew, uh, a, a Hasidic Jew today in day it, that's on an airplane and he has a bag around him because he doesn't want to be impure. Do we have a picture of it? You have it up there already? Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, you probably can't, but that's a Hasidic Jew inside that bag. He wrapped himself up with a plastic bag on an airplane because he couldn't touch anything because if he touched anything, it would have made him impure. And so that's the idea. That's why the crowd is walking and they see Jesus touch this coffin and they're just like, what did he just do? Did he just touch that coffin? Like, you don't do that. Why did you just? And so you guys just want to let you know what's going on in the thoughts of these two crowds that are going, that are here, that are watching what's going on. This one crowd that had been walking with Jesus, see Jesus go up to the crowd, to, to the coffin and, and touch it. And you know what they're thinking? Oh, shoot. It's on like Donkey Kong. Watch what Jesus is going to do. He's about to do something. Um, he just touched. Did you see that? He just touched that coffin. He's about to do something that is amazing. I can't wait to see. Wow, wow. There's this sense of thrill, this sense of excitement. There's this sense of anticipation and hopeful expectation that something is about to go down right now. Something is about to happen. And so, so this other crowd, they're saying, how could he, how dare he touch this crowd? I mean, this coffin. How dare he do that? How could he touch that coffin? Does he not know what he just did? He's being so insensitive. And then, and then look at what he says here. What he says, he says, he said to the young man, he said to the young man, uh, I'm sorry, he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Now there's two crowds there, remember? And, and the crowd that was walking with Jesus, they're like, whoa, he just touched the coffin and now he's talking to a dead person. That's what he's doing. The dead boy inside the coffin is dead, and he's saying, young man, what did he say? He said, young man, I say to you, get up. If, they, if he was here in Miami, you know, we would be like, no, what is it? He just said, get up to a dead person. What is he about to do? Like, this is unbelievable. What is going to happen here? Jesus speaks to a dead person, a dead person. And he commands the dead person to do something seemingly impossible because the dead person can't hear. He's talking to a dead person. 
Now imagine if you're in this crowd and you're hearing Jesus talk to a dead person. He's like, what is he thinking? He's lost his mind. How could he be talking to a dead person? The dead person can't talk. I don't get it. Why is he talking? I believe that if we want to take this dare that I'm daring you to take today, if, you, if, if we're going to be that daring Doral Vineyard that God is calling us to be, we got to be daring enough to walk with Jesus, daring enough to listen to Jesus, to hear what he has to say, even if he, our Savior commands us to do something that is impossible even if he commands us to do something that is seemingly ridiculous, even if he calls us to do something that just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. But if our Savior is calling us to do that, you know, God will never call us to a fair fight, you guys. He will never call us to a fair fight. Because if it's a fair fight, then you don't need him. So he'll just say, you you know, that was not me. That was the pizza you ate last night. I'm not calling you to that. I'm calling you to something that's going to need me to step in and do something jaw-dropping in your midst so that you can only say it only God. Only God was the one who did this among us. It had to be God. God will always speak to us and call us to unfair fights and overwhelm us with seemingly things that we think there's no way this can happen. That's where Jesus wants us to be as individuals and as his followers. Can somebody say yes to that? And so the question is, what is he saying to you? What is he saying to, what has he been saying to you that he's calling you to, that he's saying it's time for you to do this? What is he saying to you? So number one, if you're going to take the dare, we got to be willing to what? To W, walk with Jesus. Number two, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you also got to take the dare to listen to Jesus. Number three is now you just have to take the dare of believing in Jesus. That's your word, believing in Jesus. We're supposed to say, now, we're in church, so that's like an easy one, right? Believing in Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. So who died on the cross? Jesus, right? Everything is Jesus, right? Who died on the cross? Jesus. Who rose from the grave? Jesus. Who is really hairy, climbs trees, and stores nuts in the winter? Jesus? You say that because we're in church. It's like the, uh, it's a squirrel, but, you know, we're in church, so we're just trained to say Jesus all the time. But it's, it, the question is, do you really believe in Jesus. Do you really believe that Jesus is calling us to this, that, that you're going to take to dare, the dare that he's calling us to do? Really believe in him. Look at verse 15. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Now I started thinking about this. The dead man sat up and he started to talk. I'm wondering, what did he say? Like, what was it that he said? Like, man, it was really dark in there. I mean, I'm just wondering, like, what did he say? Like, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Where you been? You know, I I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, well, what did he say? He just got up and he started talking. Like, you know, the last thing I remember saying is, watch this. You know, and then he just sits up again, you know, however long. I don't know. I'm just wondering, what did he say? Oh, my gosh. What did he say? You know, if, if you're ever in a funeral and you get asked to speak and the dead person comes back to life, just FYI, Funeral's over, okay? 
just, just, just kindly say, hey, uh, you know, let's bring out those pastelitos and café con leche, you know, because that makes everything better. So just bring out the café con leche and the pastelitos, and, and we'll just keep going. We're done. We're done today. We're done. The guy, the dead man just started talking. We're done. So Luke said he began to talk, and Jesus gave, his ba- gave him back to his mother. Now look at verse 16, and this is where I'm going to stop, okay? And verse 16 says, they were all filled with what, you guys? They were all filled with awe. They were all, who's the, who's the they? And this crowd over here, they were all filled with awe. They were all filled with awe. People that were talking, the, 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 they were all filled with awe, and a great prophet has appeared among us, they said. You guys, that's what I'm praying for here at our Doral Vineyard. That the people who come here for the first time, the people that come here for the second time, the people that have been here forever, that we would just come to church and just be filled with awe when we get here because we're saying God is in the house. God is here. God is here. And I'm praying that people that come in to don the doors of our church, people that are not yet believers, that's what I refer them to. They're they're not yet, because they're going to be. They just don't know it yet. They're not unbeliever. They're just a not yet believer. They're about to cross. They just don't know it yet. God's been after them. The Holy Spirit's been, you wouldn't have drawn the doors of that church if you, God wasn't drawing you. So you're just not yet. You're about to become one. And so my prayer is that these not yet believers would, would say, what? is that God is here I want in on that I want to be a part of this I want to be a part of this community because he is here I want to connect with what's going on in this place because God is here you know I love that and then the the rest of the verses they were all filled with awe right and praise God and a great prophet has appeared among us they said come God has come to help this people The news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. And I love it that they didn't just get together and like, okay, let's discuss what just happened. I mean, because did you just see he was in the car, he was holding, and he held the coffin, and the the kid just sat up, and then he starts talking. I mean, did you, they didn't sit around and talk about that. They just went. It spread through the whole countryside, and they told everybody that they could tell about this amazing Jesus that had appeared among them, that had walked among them. You guys, there's some folks here today that you think, yeah, but what about little old me? You guys, if Jesus would be willing to stop to little bitty old city of Nain, that if you blink, you pass by because he knew this widowed woman was there and he loved her that much to say, you know what, I'm going to stop here for this one person. If he loved her that much, you guys, you know what, he loves you that much. He loves you that much and he's here today among us because he wants to remind you that you matter to him and that he wants to do a miracle among you. If you would just lift up your eyes today and realize who's coming towards you, And the one that's coming towards you is trying to say, don't cry. Now, if you were part of this crowd and you were hearing Jesus say, don't cry, you would think, how insensitive. I don't know any of us, you know, in funerals, um, you know, we say some pretty, I don't know if anybody, uh, any of us have, but I've heard some people, some believers say some pretty insensitive titty things in a funeral, you know? They're, they're standing in the casket, in the next to the casket to see the dead body, and they're like, they look so natural. <laughs> FYI, they do not look natural. Formaldehyde. 
exploded, makeup caked on. They do not, don't say things like that, all right? S- stop it if you say insensitive things. But, 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 but if you're in this crowd and you hear Jesus say, don't cry, what are you thinking? How, inse- how, could, how dare you say, don't cry, Jesus? She just lost the only son she ever had. She just lost her father, and now she lost the only son she ever had. How can you tell her not to cry? Why would Jesus say something like that? This loving Jesus, why would he go out of his way and say this to this lady? It's interesting in the scripture, it actually says that he was full of compassion. I don't know if I read that, but he was actually full of compassion. And then he said, don't cry. What is he saying? Why would Jesus say that? Jesus is saying, I'm bigger than your problem. What you have going on right here, this this situation you have in your life right now, I am bigger than all of that. If you would just lift up your eyes and see who I am. If you would just lift up your eyes, I would show you my glory. I would show you a miracle that you had no idea was in store for you. I would blow your, if you would just lift up your eyes and see that I am here, I will meet your need. And I will be the God that is more than enough to you. I love that. So I'm going to close with this. I just want to dare everybody today. I want to dare everybody today to, to, to believe that what happened in this scripture in Luke chapter 7 can happen again. That, that what, what, you know, that's what God, our, our, one of the key fingers of our founding movement, uh, John Wimber, that's what got him going. He just said, you know, I took the Bible and I just took it literally. I just decided to believe what it said. I decided to, if he did those miracles, you can do it again. And so I just want to dare you today. I want to dare you just to believe that that Jesus still heals people. That you're just going to decide to take Jesus at his word today. I dare you to believe Jesus still speaks to people. I dare you to believe Jesus is still in the miracle working business. I dare you to believe that, that Jesus can still solve problems today, your problem today. I, I, I just don't believe that he just did that in the Bible for one moment and that's it. I believe that Jesus, he's the same God, Hebrews. The writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 8, he says that Jesus is the same, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who do you think Jesus, who do you think Jesus came for? He came for us, and he came for those things in the past, and he came for us today. He came to show us his presence and his glory. Can somebody say yes? I love it. I love it. What, what do you think these people in this crowd and in this crowd were saying after they saw Jesus, this boy come up out of the grave? What do you think these people were saying? What? This is what I got. Growing up, growing up, I used to um, eat oranges like probably nobody here has ever ate oranges before. <laughs> Um, but I'm curious to see if anybody has ever eaten an orange like this because I haven't met anybody yet that has ever ate an orange like this. Even people from my island, which is really weird because I ate most of these oranges like this when I was on the island, uh, but I started off when growing up eating these here in the States like this. So we would take this orange and we would peel the top layer of this orange off so that the whole orange went from orange to white. 
Anybody ever peel an orange like that before? Raise your hand, because I just got to see. Oh, there's more than one. Okay, and so what we would do is we would cut the top of, after you would peel the whole, the top layer, it's like a thin layer. You can mess it up, and then it's not good. So you got to be really careful. You cut the top layer, and then you cut the top of the orange off, kind of like at an angle, and so it's like this. I actually did it after a couple fails. I actually did it. Um, that's why I told you you have to be really careful. Um, so you peel it, and it looks like this. It's completely white. I don't know if you could. I did this last night after a couple fails. Um, and then you cut this off the top, and it looks like this. And so, you know, growing up, I used to eat oranges this way. And the point is that you would, it's, it's like in a concave. I don't know how else to say it. Concave. So you squeeze it, and you drink the juice. It's awesome to eat. A very, very juicy. So we would say this. Um, they would say this to me growing up. They would say, chupate esta. Lo que te mondo la otra. It's a Spanish phrase, and what it means is, start, yeah, start on this, because I got something, I got another thing for you. Something that might even be sweeter than the one you're trying on. And I believe Jesus is saying that to us today. That if you will dare to walk with Jesus, if you will dare to, to, to listen to Jesus, if you will dare to believe in Jesus, he's going to give you this, but he's saying, wait, 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 wait. The best is yet to come. Because he's saying, no, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for those who love him. That's what the Bible teaches us. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. The best is yet to come. Would you bow your heads today and let me pray for you.